And away we go. You're listening to Live on Four Legs, the live Pearl Jam podcast experience featuring... Mr. Stone Gossett. Fucking camera in the truck. everyone, welcome to Live on Four Legs, the live Pearl Jam podcast experience, and we are back as a full squad this week. Uh, last week we um, we had an absence and uh, we had to call an audible, but we made do, uh, and this week we are back to the original squad. I'm alive. Yes. How is, how is the pool? Is the pool open? Uh, well, it's kind of ironic how I had to, uh, <laughs> oh, no. I, I had to go down there and, you know, uh, wait for some guys to fix a pool, uh, to open it and to have the pool not work properly anyway was a little frustrating, but you know, what are you going to do? That's uh, just a pain in the ass. And then gigs. So, so and nope. Yada. So nobody used the pool this, uh, this Memorial Day weekend. They did. I, I was... On on Friday before my gigs, I was able to get the pool up and running. Uh, so it wasn't completely worthless. Not completely, but it 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 could have been better. I'll put it that way. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, glad you got that all situated, and you're able to to jump back in this week. And uh, yeah, uh, what'd you think of last week's show? Oh, I loved last week's show. Last week's show was fun. I think we got a lot of good response from it. Um, yeah, for sure. Especially going uh, to the last exit show, I would get caught up in conversation with people, and either Buckley would say something to somebody, or uh, or I would just bring something up, and they'd be like, oh, you're the one with the podcast? Oh, man, that was so great. That was great. And I'm just like, yeah, thank you. Um, well, I, think we could, to- I guess we could thank Pete for that, right? He promote he promoted. Oh no, absolutely, yeah. yeah, no, that that was ex- exactly without without Pete in last exit, we wouldn't have had everything that we had in last week's show and everything that we did with uh, you know the social media stuff. If uh, I'm sure it's still on our Facebook page, I'm sure if you check out our Facebook page, it's somewhere in there. Uh, I don't know if there's a video section of the Facebook page, but we did kind of uh, we uh, we did some live videos with them couple of songs probably like four or five songs at a time uh and then we did uh a little like behind the set list kind of talking about like you know where and 
why they placed stuff uh, where they placed it, and it became pretty interesting because they changed some things up. They had uh, Footsteps and Nothing Man originally in the set, and then uh, Pete in the middle of that little cool-down spot was just kind of like, no, 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 we need to call an audible, and they did Elderly Woman instead, kind of reading the room. We were talking about that before we went on air, and uh, just... I find it interesting that bands can do that. They can read the room and just kind of, you know, off the cuff, come up with something. This band can do that. Uh, this band, meaning Pearl, Pearl Jam, would be the band. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of them before. Uh, but I, I find it interesting that, that they can do that and sort of read the room and be like, okay, this is what we need to go for right here. It doesn't matter, you know, if we've practiced it recently or not but uh this is what we're feeling yeah and uh that's what i do at weddings we that's all we do there we haven't had a set list in over 10 years it's all reading the room song to song so if you think pearl jam's good at it you need to come to a wedding that i play we will we will read you up and down (laughs) and sometimes we even do better man so if you're lucky if you're lucky we haven't done it in a while i i would love i would love to see somebody book your band from this podcast from listening to the show oh maybe maybe we'll, we'll see but we'll see like, that's <laughs> the more the more we mention it the, the better the chance that that we have happening so yeah and uh, people are not going to stop getting married so no all right um before we get going we are today going to cover uh msg night one 2008 it's continuing our msg series it's the fifth show uh since we are still technically in may uh this is being released on the 31st so yeah still technically in may uh and we're gonna get to that in a sec and we'll talk about it a little bit but before that uh i just want to let you all know if you're on our social media pages that we are running a little contest that this month in june I know we just mentioned this month being May, but it's over basically. This month in June, we are running a little contest where you, the listener, get to have the chance to pick a show. Uh, send us an email at live on four legs podcast and gmail.com and let us know what you want to hear us cover. Uh, a show that means a lot to you, a show that you've either attended and, and kind of in your head uh this has always been your favorite show or a meaningful show to you or one that you had a bootleg of back in 1994 and uh it means a lot to you because it made you fall in love with the band those are the shows that we're kind of looking for right now and uh over the summer we won't be able to really do much requests because we are doing a little bit of uh we are experimenting this summer a little bit so we wanted to give this opportunity in june uh to a fan to pick something and at random we will pick the episode and i will literally write everything on a piece of paper if i have to record it i will uh i will write everything on a piece of paper i will pick my hand out of a hat and that will be the episode that we do and for that person whose episode that we choose if we choose your episode you have the chance to come on air to talk about your choice to to talk about the show that you love the most and uh we've been getting requests any anything from recent stuff uh in 2016 and 2014 to stuff uh from the binaural tour i think we got a couple from from that uh but literally anything that we haven't covered uh i ask you obviously to leave the msg shows out of it because 
you know, that's that's our special that we've been running all year. Um, and also try to not make it the bigger shows. Try not to do to request PJ20 and and the Gorge and and these big shows in PJ Lore because we're going to get to all of those. But the reason why we're kind of doing this is because we kind of want to find that diamond in the rough, a show that we wouldn't necessarily find uh, skimming through the PJ20 book or, you know, or searching through the bootlegs website for something really good. Uh, this is something that means something to you that is going to, at some point, mean something to us. So make it meaningful, make it, uh, make it count for something, and we will have you on uh, middle of June. We're going to plan on doing that. So um, at the time you're hearing this, I think uh, we're going to announce the winner next episode. So next episode coming out the... Uh, I can't do quick math. What is that? Uh, June 7th. Thank you. Uh, we will announce the episode on June 7th. So get us your, uh, show that you want us to cover on Monday, because that's probably around when we're going to record. So Monday, uh, June 3rd will be the deadline for that. And I'll post one more thing to social media, uh, talking about deadline. And, uh, as long as you get it into us before the time we record, you will be eligible. And, uh, anything else to say on that? Or did I, uh, did I cover all of that? Uh, I want to get that out of the way early. Uh, d- don't hold back either. We'll consider anything and we would like to be shocked by something too. So if you want to get weird, then we'll, we'll get weird with you. We'll get weird as long as as long as there's a recording out there, you know. If if you're yeah. picking something from you know a club in Oklahoma City in 1991 that nobody has any uh, knowledge of a set list, um, sorry, but we can't do it. You know, that's, the whole point uh, is that we need to be able to listen to it. That's the, yeah. yeah. It's there's there's this little thing about re- reminiscing that's really important here. I guess. I, I, well, I guess that wouldn't be a problem, right? Because in order to pick the show, I guess the person that is picking the show, they would have had to have listened to it as well, right? So I guess that problem think so. is kind of stricken right I don't, off the bat. Yeah, Hopefully, I don't see why anybody would pick a show that they've never heard before. <laughs> well, you know, stranger I, things have happened. Unless they're just like, I've I've really been interested in this show. I haven't been able to get a boot, uh, my hands on a bootleg and if it's something that you want to experiment with, hell, we're we're down to experiment. Let's let's do it. Uh, if it's if it's a show from I don't know from 1998 that bootlegs are sparse, uh, you know, before they started releasing actual bootlegs, uh, and it was always something maybe you missed that show, and it was always something you wanted to hear, and maybe you know we have we have hookups with the bootlegs. We can try to help you out as much as possible. So um, you know. We'll see. Any anything, literally, you know. Again, just try to stay away from the big, big shows because you know, don't request Mansfield because then you know, then you get people into it. Says, oh, how come I couldn't come on for Mansfield or you know, uh, those we need to when we do those, we need to make them feel big. So you know, not not to say that you wouldn't make it feel big with us, but. Um, we can't just come out of the blue and just be like, all right, Mansfield time. We have to kind of promote it a little bit and do all that. And it's also three shows. You can't just do the second night of Mansfield and just be like, all right, well, next week we're going to do Zurich, Switzerland. Like it's, it's, it's not going to work that way. So, yeah. Um, yeah. 
And so, again, uh, if you have a show in mind and you want to join us for an episode, usually we don't do this, but uh, this will happen uh, for a week in June. Again, if you want to guarantee yourself an episode, though, go to, go to our Patreon account, patreon.com slash live and four legs, and, uh, and subscribe to our Patreon, and that will guarantee that you come on air and, and work an episode with us. But uh, for this month in June only, that we will do one episode with a lucky fan, lucky listener. Uh, just send us an email at live on four legs podcast and gmail.com. Let us know why you want to pick a show and why you want us to cover it, and, uh, and we'll... Uh, We'll see what happens from there. We'll announce a winner next week. Sounds good. So let's uh, let's roll forward. MSG night one, two thousand eight. This is uh, this is really early stages for me uh, listening to the band, and uh, this is the night before my Pearl Jam live debut. Um, so I wasn't able to make it that night. You were able to make it that night. Um, but you don't really remember outside of like show stuff. You really don't remember stuff that went on that day. Right. Uh, I mean, you know, how old, how old were we? 20, 21, something like that. Yeah, I think we were definitely 21 because the day that the night, night two, I think we went out drinking at Friday's. Because Fridays had like half price apps at five yeah, o'clock or something like that. Yeah. yeah. So you know, it wasn't like how it is now, where now we're adults and we have jobs and money and we could take flights and we could spend time in cities and we could do tailgates and meetups and parties and stuff like that. I I I didn't really give a hell damn shit what I was doing during the day. Just get me to the show. Let me see the show. Uh, but it's different now, I think, when when you have you have more means to make it more memorable. Where back then, I was like, "Yeah, I'm just I'm going to go to Madison Square Garden tonight." Cool. Yeah, but also, I think you had been to at least a couple that were you know in your memory at that point. You'd been to yeah, Reading. Yeah, you'd yeah, been to Irving Plaza. You're, you're definitely uh, excited to go see Pearl Jam. That's that is a definite. And going into the city, well, I lived in the city, but. You know Madison Square Garden. It's a it's a incredible place, and it's an incredible place where uh, incredible bands play and usually have incredible performances. So uh, th- that was was my focus. You know, I was I, I don't know what I'd be do- doing during the day back then, but um, it wasn't like the time where you're gearing up for me personally to go see Pearl jam. You do what you do during the day. Then you go into the city and then that's what you remember. But now it's like, all right, let me plan like two days ahead uh, for what's going to happen with, with Pearl jam. Like I need two days off before I need a day off after, you know, it's way different now. It's a, it's a scene now. So, right. I only remember, you know, from night two stuff, just because it, you know, you, you always remember your first time. Well, uh, I, I, I'm just going to put it out there. I except remember if you're night you, two because it was so early. I remember night two, like almost perfectly because you and I went together. Uh, I remember where we sat. I remember the set list. Um, and I think, I think a lot of things that we're going to, we're going to touch on in this show, things that you brought up to me, I very much agree with. And I think, I think it's why night two is so much more uh, memorable to me, like a hundred percent more memorable to me. Yeah. And, and going through the show, I think the thing that I almost didn't want to happen at all was I didn't want looking at this show to water down my 
hopes and expectations for what, uh, you know, I had always seen night two to be, uh, because I, I don't, I don't think it's going to, I don't think it's going to either just because I, I, I think that my memories of it are so positive that it's going to outweigh anything that I have to say about this show. Cause I, you look at it this way. I think the big parts of conversation here are going to be, uh, you know, the set itself and uh, the three songs that were pretty rare that they had some backup singers uh, join them for. They they yeah. did that on night one and night two. Right. So I, under, I understand if you're somebody that's been to all the MSG shows and and you're seeing this and you're getting these rare songs that these backup singers are accompanying them on. But to get that two nights in a row, I can see how that can be a frustrating thing. Um, and I... I before really diving into the show, I'd never listened to the show. I've I've only looked at the set list a couple of times to see, you know, oh, what if, uh, you know, if I had gone to the show either instead of or you know or along with uh, night two, what would I have gotten instead? And there's nothing that I hadn't seen on this show before that you know, eleven years later, I, I've gotten to see everything on the show. So. Um, you know, I just didn't know about the backup singers that it was a two night thing. So I can see how that can get under people's skin and be like, ah, this again, like it's, I can, I can understand that, but I don't think that's going to, uh, I don't, I don't think that's going to hamper my, my opinion on, on night two. I thought it would. It definitely doesn't for me. Uh, it's, I think covering night two is going to be a lot easier and a lot smoother than this one. Yeah, I would, I would say, I, you know, look at, looking at the night two set, I think there's, there's stuff. It, 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 it's a weird first show. Cause it feels like there's some stuff in there that you wouldn't get at a first show or mm-hmm. there, I mean, there's some stuff in there. Like it took me 15 more shows before I saw garden again, right. you know, uh, there, there's just some stuff in there that, was really random and really rare that sort of, I guess, ruined my expectations for a Pearl Jam show because I thought that I would be getting that stuff more often, which I didn't. So um, anyway, that that'll that show, that episode will happen in about a month. Uh, but let's let's kind of talk about the background behind what was going on during this time. Uh, it had been five years since the band played msg they were there for the 2003 shows that we had covered they are back in our archives as well as the 1998 shows we've been doing all the msg shows this whole year so if you are an msg person you want to go back and listen to those those are available for you um and they were really overdue for an appearance at the garden because the avocado tour was so massive and outside of irving plaza and the really really small crowd at the storyteller show that they did in 2006 um they really kind of skipped new york city they did uh east rutherford new jersey which is the continental airlines arena which is essentially you could say you know new york city area but that's not new york city it's not madison square garden it doesn't have the same feel even the set list there looking at it it wasn't like it wasn't like a new york city area set list from what i remember looking at those sets so really they're kind of they're going back to basics here they're going back to the garden the 2008 leg uh was a 
pretty small U.S. tour leg. I think they did like about 14 shows or so. Uh, you know, a couple of two-nighters, including these two and uh, and Camden and Mansfield, um, as well as I think they did Bonnaroo that year. Um, they did the Beacon Theater a couple weeks later. So it was it was a pretty small tour year before you know, kind of the calm before the storm, heading into uh, what next year would be Backspacer. So. Um, but there are some interesting things about 2008 that really don't come up, uh, now or come up less now or, or even started back then. And we're going to start right from the top with hard to imagine opening the show. Uh, we had talked last week about hard to imagine being a super rare song for 2005. And now we're three years later. And I think at that show in Philly, we had hard to imagine, would pl- was played i think 12 times before that show and hard to imagine in 2008 this this version of hard to imagine which they opened up with is the 24th time that they played it um including this becoming like a staple song we had mentioned last week that it really it made its way to being an opener a staple of the opener spot and uh all, every show that they played it in 2008, it was used as an opener. So we're going to play it for you right here. Uh, let's get into it. Kick into the first MSG show of 2008. I'll tell the story. Are you going to listen that long? It's hard to imagine. It's hard to imagine. Going back to how they use this as an opener, uh, they've only opened up with it eight times. So considering how rare that is, I, I feel like people still look to this song to say that it's an opener type song that, you know, if, if you're talking about all the openers in their lore release, sometimes uh, Oceans, uh, Of the Girl, uh, Pendulum, on and on and on. I can I can say about ten more uh, songs there. Um, hard to imagine is usually added within those songs, and and to only hear it eight times, for it to only be played eight times, it makes that much of an impact. And you listen to this version, you can really tell why. Um, I actually disagree. I thought this was not a very confident performance. Uh, I thought the ending was super weak. 
And uh, this is not one of my favorite openers. I think it gets really repetitive. And uh, for this song to count as an opener, the end has to really shine. And I don't think it did here. I, uh, I'm i going to disagree with you on that. I thought that this version was full, passionate. Um, I, was, I was into it. I, uh, I, I thought this was I thought this was dull, real dull. Really? Yeah. I actually think that compared to last week's one, which was good, I thought this one was actually better than last week, mm. believe it or not. Um, but I could listen to it again and see what you're saying and maybe be swayed. I don't know, but I you know, out of the two or three times that I did listen to it, uh, while preparing for the show, I was I was very impressed by it. So uh, Matt was Matt was right on. Jeff had a couple spots where he he would miss his cue, but yeah, I don't know. I, I was I don't know. It, was, it just seemed a little little off. Could have been better. This was a good Matt show. Oh, this is a great Matt show. I had that marked down a few times yeah, actually. Think, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was very prominent throughout, and we'll we'll talk about that. So. Uh, all right, that gets into song number two, Save You. Uh, pretty common for this spot. Um, something sounded a little bit different about the version. I don't know if I can put my finger on it, but could you? Um, is it is it just because the, the notes aren't fully strummed? Is it, it, it kind of feels a little lackadaisical in that aspect? Yeah, yeah. The way Mike is, is playing it is a little less focused than usual, but I thought it was pretty terrific. I thought it was a, a little jarring out of Hard to Imagine only because, like I said, in my opinion, I thought the end of Hard to Imagine was was lacking and it definitely left me wanting. So listening back to this and then Save You coming in and a very strong performance of Save You coming in right after it felt like a lot. But um, that is simply the transition. The song itself, I thought, was very good. And yeah, you're right. It, it definitely was a little looser. I don't think it was sloppy, but you're right. It was Mike was a little free. He was a little freestyle on it. Right. I, I've heard versions. We've talked about versions on the show that have been just like very tightened to the point mm -hmm. and that have felt really fast. I, I feel like that's what I want out of this. I don't like loosey goosey with a song that's completely punk and supposed to really kind of kickstart things and kind of bring the energy into the crowd. Um, I pro it's probably not something I would have realized had I been in the crowd watching this, been like, oh, well, uh, Sabi was a little off strumming-wise, but, you know, listening back on it, it's, I guess, when you're criticizing, finding stuff to critique and finding uh, either, you know, positives or negatives and things, that, that was the one thing that, is changed from this version as opposed to ones that we usually cover. So yeah, yeah, I feel like this song is easy to do that on too. You're you're likely to get Mike being a little a little bit more free with it, especially when it's right up front. He's probably uh, super pumped, super amped up, and it'll happen. Yeah, and I, I again, I think you said it. It does. It doesn't really do the song a disservice. It was just. It was just a little different. That's yeah, I, I guess I guess it, it's better to do it on this song than something that's, you know, supposed to be really, really structured. So I, I guess take it on this one and be glad it doesn't happen somewhere else. 
Uh, we go into song three here. It's Why Go. Uh, I feel like this is a pretty good back-to-back that we have here uh, with really good crowd participation with the hey, hey, hey's in the beginning. Um, really good solo. Energy moved pretty well throughout. Um, I'm wondering what you thought of it because we've... You know, Why Go is, is weird right now because I feel like if we do current shows... We'll usually hit it, like, you know, shows within the Backspacer Tour, within the Lightning Bolt Tour, we'll usually hit this. But we've been doing a lot of, like, 2003, 2005, that kind of era stuff, and we haven't really hit Why Go hard in a while. So I remember one of the things early on that we've covered about Why Go was you not liking it early in the set because it's such a, a late set kind of song like why go home it's it's in it's written in the lyrics so what it what about this in the third song in uh where are you feeling yeah and you know just just to touch on it quick it's the lyrics do play into it it's not a huge part of why i feel uh, this way about it i, I feel like it's a, a good song to end a set with it's got that sound uh, and it's got that feel it, it's rocking but it's also super catchy and you could you could end with it it's good to end with um and yeah typically this is where i'd want animal i think they switch up animal and why go in the wrong spots all the time it's it's never what i would do i think this is way too early for it it's not it just doesn't have an early set sound to it for me but this one here has amazing flow and the crowd is all about it. And uh, I'm actually loving it here. Yeah, this is, this is really good for a third song. And, and even and we'll get to it in a second, uh, the flow kind of from why go into the next song was just a little strange. It was just um, horrible. <laughs> you want to use the word? Sure. You use the word. I'm, 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 I'm more perplexed by it, but, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I've just I've never minded it early in the set. I've really liked it. I feel like it's kind of uh, it, it's a get you going kind of song. It's a, it's a get you going kind of song, and it's also I, I feel I feel it's kind of got some utility to it too, where you can use it in that spot you said, like ending a first set, ending an encore, because it kind of has some finality to it. That yeah, well, not only that, but especially since like all the band members are are yelling why go into the microphone it's a whole sure. collaborative thing on stage there that is that's an end it's of an the night moment, thing that's an sure. end of the night thing yeah. you know it's but you know what the performance was uh was perfect and uh the transition was great and the crowd was great so i i can't be too upset about it here i, I this was good we can add it into conversation later if this could be served elsewhere in the set because there are some there are some major set flaws. Yeah, uh, we're, we're going to coming up. So yeah, prepare for it. <laughs> um, Ed says, "Why go home?" Indeed, sure is nice to be in MSG tonight. It's been about five years since we've played in the city proper, so we couldn't be more excited. We've had some memorable nights here, but tonight is going to top them all off. Uh, that's kind of that's an overstatement. It it did not. This is probably <laughs> the lower tier of the ten MSG shows. This is you know, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying within all of the good that they've done for MSG, this is. Uh, this is bottom five. Um, Agree. Easily bottom five. Uh, 
uh, what do you say? After intense negotiations, we've got the curfew pushed back. Even with that in place, we don't have time to fuck around. But that doesn't mean we won't experiment. We're going to play one live that we played about a week ago for the first time. And he introduces three backup singers named Fonzie, Bernice, and Areth. And one thing that I really wanted to do, and I'll make sure I do it before the next show... I really wanted to try to find one of these backup singers on Twitter and just be like, hi, uh, we're doing a podcast and we're talking about you guys. Uh, you got anything to say to us? So maybe for the next month when we do night two, we'll, uh, we'll see if we can reach out to them and see if they have anything for us. But they were used both nights as backing singers and the first song at this show that they did was uh, a song that they really the band was not doing at this point i think this was the fourth time they'd ever played it so uh but it kind of felt like it in this time was finding its way into the rotation slowly but surely and now it's kind of an every few night type show uh song uh so here is with backing vocals all night Again, that's the f- this is the first of the three songs that they played with backup singers this night. And yeah, they were at night two uh, as well. Um, so again, I, I kind of mentioned this earlier that if you're at this show, uh, at both shows, and you kind of get the same thing, I can kind of see that there's a little bit of just kind of an eye roll or even take it as as a bathroom break over you know doing the typical even flow bath bathroom break um but they aren't at least they're not songs that you hear every day like all night at this point is really really rare it's a lost dog that hasn't really been touched upon and it's it's a prominent lost dog too because it's the first it's the first track off the first disc so um what did you think uh, all right, so there's there's a couple of different things. So why don't we yeah. start? Why don't we start with placement? I I hate it. I just hate it. It's I okay. I'll put it this way. I think if the transition was seamless, out of why go, this would have helped it big time. But for a guy that says they had to negotiate to stay longer, but they're not going to waste time, he does not shut the fuck up this whole show. Yeah, he talk. He, he does talk. A it lot. is so, and it's long. It is so much. There's a long break here. Again, I don't really dislike this song. 
there are better options, but my God, after this rambling, the the momentum is dead. And then you're like, let's do the song all night. We're going to be here all night after you do Why Go. I get it. it. It's kind of a cool little block there. You cannot take five minutes to talk about nothing. It 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 just kills it. What if what if things were swapped a little bit? What if corduroy came first? What if it was seamless into corduroy, and then because corduroy you can kind of take a breath and talk afterwards. Why go? You didn't need to. It wasn't necessary to do that, but maybe after corduroy, after you get why go and corduroy together, those are those are heavy hitters together. So if you take a break afterwards, I understand get the crowd a little bit of uh, of a breath, and then you come back with all night. That's not really as energetic of a song. It's not going to excite a lot of people because it really hasn't been in their repertoire too much. Um, would that have worked? I think that would have worked a little better, but yeah, a hundred percent because. Um after some some rambling and 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 all night kind of missing the mark because of that and the momentum sort of dying corduroy feels like it's a it's a number 5 spot set rebuild and it's it's not it's not working and and it's a 100% because of the songs that were played before and and this corduroy is where this set starts to become uh, disjointed and where it starts to unravel it's a terrific performance of the song but i wrote if this was in the number two or number three spot 100 percent better 100 percent better i completely agree and if you even look to the uh the following night corduroy was in that four spot and then they stopped and that's probably why i said all that because i think the way that the first show uh, that the second show started was release worldwide suicide severed hand corduroy stop to say hi for for uh for a brief second and then go into all night yep, and which i believe is exactly what you should do with it exactly yeah, what I, you should do i agree i i totally agree all, all night is usually if they do it it's usually going to be pretty early in the set um you know they, they've done it a handful 25 to 30 times or so uh why don't i get an actual number on that since you know we have to be perfect here 26 26 times and this was the fifth, not the fourth time that they had played in. And all all have had been on this tour. I want to say that the first time they, they did it was at Bonnaroo, if I'm not mistaken. A lot of things happened at Bonnaroo for either the first time in a long time or the first time. So, uh, backup singers. What'd you think? Uh, you know what? I <laughs> For the most part, I didn't even know they were there. Yeah. Yeah, they're kind of... They're kind of nothing. They kind of it. It does nothing for me. Um, outside of at the end where they're kind of going back and forth with Ed, got all night, mm-hmm. got all night, got all night. Like they're really irrelevant. Um, yeah, that that could that could be Stone and Jeff doing that for all, for all you know. You know, it's, sure. It's, yeah, I'm gonna get. I don't. They said something about a crew. I don't know if these people were part of a crew. Or what? But they said this is. They said something about a crew at some point. Did you did you recognize that or uh, recognize that he said it or or know what he was talking about? Either or. I guess you... could it be like there, like this is like oh we're gonna bring out the crew like you know like how you say well, I, oh I'm gonna the go way that with he's... the crew tonight like it's their crew I don't know I don't 
well, the way that Eddie said it made me think that they were, you know, a part of their, you know, sound team or something like that. Or, yeah, I don't know. They seemed, I mean, they seemed. They didn't to, look like roadies. No, they seemed a little bit more professional than that. Like yeah. Profe- like uh, professional as in professionals in the music world. So, right. I don't know. I'm not sure. So maybe he used the crew. Maybe they're like a backup trio from New York because they never really explained it. And, and honestly, I should have Googled their names because he did say their last names at some point. Um, yeah, it's more fun to speculate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, here's what we'll do. We'll speculate now and then we'll have the answers next month when we do night two. Or we'll try to have the answers. Yeah, that sounds good to me. So, um, all right. We had Corduroy after all night. We kind of touched up on it for a second. And uh, Ed said before, let's shake the stage for this one. Um, if, if you want to get too picky, there are a lot of songs that they doubled up on uh, on both nights. Kind of same spot, same uh same type of set there's not a lot of variety even though night two is probably a better set but you can't really fault corduroy for being a part of that that's a staple song there so i'm not sure and you get you do get even though there are doubles uh, night two has some really cool stuff so yeah it's it's a i it's okay and and most of the stuff they double up on is stuff that you like you said yeah it's expected and not only that but it's it's stuff you you would like to hear twice at least i would or did you know and and right. it definitely worked out for you too because like I, listen i'm i'm night two's great so yeah i'm going in and i was going in fresh yep nothing i had i had nothing on my plate no expectations and shit you bring me there both nights and i probably would have been like corduroy early this is fantastic i don't know what you're talking about variety and set who who the fuck knows what that is <laughs> I would have I would have told you back then that I you know in 2018 or 2019 I should say uh, that I probably would have seen them a hundred more times. Uh, mm. It didn't quite work out that way, but uh, I got a fifth of the way there. So um, oh yeah, but, what what did, uh, Pete said one of my favorite things in the last episode. What is it? Uh, sometimes life gets in the way life of living. Gets in the way. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, Pete, you're a goddamn genius. There's a there's a reason why he plays Eddie Vedder for a living, or for fun, <laughs> for both. Because he yeah. he because he can He's, he can pull quotes out of his ass like just like that. Yeah, there were a lot of those in that. Yeah, ex- in that except episode. except I I enjoyed listening to Pete talk. <laughs> and he he doesn't do a lot of he doesn't do a lot of uh, fucking around in the middle of the set either. He'll, he'll talk a little bit, but at least it'll serve a purpose for why they're playing something. Uh, yeah, I've seen Last Exit a few times, Pete. He definitely uh, he goes for the kind of greatest hits of the of the Eddieisms j- to get the point across, you know. Right. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's. Anything else to say on Corduroy or terrific performance? Uh, this is sort of the beginning of. I'm not going to say a, a downfall or a train wreck, but of just something that needs a lot of work. I'll put it that way. Yeah, I I, I think it begins. A little later than this i think it begins kind of after elderly woman but um considering that corduroy could have gone ahead of all night yeah this is sort of where uh we can be a little bit critical of it here so we go from and we will be god damn it damn right that's what we do on this show if you don't like it you can 
keep listening, well, please. <laughs> yeah, keep please please don't go away. We 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 love you. Any anywho, uh, corduroy into faithful. Um, right off the bat, faithful sounds really timid, and I don't know if it's just the guitar delay or if it's a lighter style of playing from Mike. The chorus will pick up a little bit, um, but ultimately, last week I I felt like we had a really strong version of this song, uh, one of the better ones I had ever heard. But um, this one this one doesn't really do it for me. I had mentioned that the song uh, can plod a little bit. This one really doesn't plod, but it also doesn't sound like otherworldly as it does in the recording. And I know you're not crazy about the song to begin with but right yeah definitely better last week uh i still don't care for it no real notes uh the only thing i wrote down here really was was what you said uh this was okay but we've heard much better and yeah it was a little dull it was a little dull and who knows this maybe this was where my distaste for the song began yeah Going back to the plotting thing, it just kind of feels like sometimes when you hear the song live, it can sound like it's played in a garage as opposed to how the recording sounds like you're on top of a mountain. You know, mm-hmm. it's that it, it's that full. It's that it, it's that all encompassing. It brings you in. Um, this just feels like they're on a stage it, it just they don't tap into that uh, um, sort of yeah yeah and i'm glad you said that because i felt that way about another song uh, very very strongly and it's uh, it's coming okay. up it's coming up okay uh then we will uh, make our way over to that uh elderly woman came after faithful and it's always a good sing-along for the garden um midway through the first pre-chorus, Ed stops singing and says he fucked up, and I don't know what he fucked up on. And it, it sounded like he just sort of stuttered, like he tripped over his words. I don't think he made like a mistake. It wasn't a le- yeah, it wasn't it was, a lyrical. Oh, right, right. I I think he uh, a lapse of judgment, a lapse of yeah, just kind of yeah. I, like it's where- I I thought maybe he had stuttered and and missed the beat because you could hear immediately the crowd. Uh, like picks him back up and i i think right i think uh that was where he just maybe just dropped dropped out uh, by accident you know the crowd is really strong on this one so i'm i'm wondering if he was just listening to the crowd and he was trying to listen and sing at the same time yeah like he lost his train of thought almost right and that, that's how it sounds that can, yeah that can happen it, it's not it doesn't kill the vibe of the song. It's not no, like the crowd no, no. completely gets out of it. This is, you know, the garden is usually a great place for the song. And there's a version uh, that'll come up in another garden show that I specifically have in my mind that they absolutely knocked it out of the park. And, and by they, I mean, the band, the band can play the song and it can sound really good. But when the crowd does their part, they're really that's the seventh man coming in and, 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 you know, when the crowd gets your RBIs, that's, that's impressive. Uh, yeah. and I feel like this does it. So, yeah, I thought this was, was quite good. And there's going to be a couple points where we point out that this set is in desperate need of songs just like this. And yes, it's, it's missing it in a few spots. So, um, having it this early, I don't think does anything for the set, but, 
it's it's a good thing it's there at all. And that that's specifically just talking about this set, which will, uh, I think, as we go along, we're going to be able to uh, uh, talk about in depth a little bit more. Yeah, I think, and I think that really that all kicks off for me. You said it kind of kicked off at Corduroy. For me, it kind of kicks off here. Uh, yep. This next stretch of about six or seven just feel, you know, it just feels bland. It just feels like there's no, you know. Yeah, so I, I just wanted to bring up something real quick because yeah, I think you and I, when we had talked, uh, we kind of had the same exact idea about what's going on here. So this this is what I propose to you right now, Randy, is okay. that um, instead of talking about what we would maybe mix up in the next couple songs coming up, because I we both have some very clear ideas about what we would do, instead of getting ahead of ourselves and maybe getting a little confusing why don't we move ahead to kind of the catalyst of the problem here and then when we get there we backtrack instead so it might make okay. it a little bit more seamless a little easy yeah okay that, I, I can work with that um i was thinking about how we we were gonna tackle this because there's 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 a there's more than a few things going on here and i thought if we were to jump ahead and then try to mix things up we might totally fall off the confusing. rails oh yeah yeah it can, okay it can get a little confusing okay um so we're, we're totally we're gonna push ahead but just 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 get ready for us to really tarantino it up here uh coming up in the near future and you know really go back and try try, try to do some you know we'll do some uh, flash we'll put some flashback we're gonna uh, try to do gonna try to do some avengers uh time travel stuff yeah yeah we're gonna, yeah yeah we're essentially an Avengers time travel podcast, but pretty much. Um, so none of these songs are, you know, before we really get into the meat and potatoes of why this is kind of not working for us. None of these songs are played horribly. Uh, everything sounds pretty good, pretty tight. Um, maybe not the best on some of them, but like, you know, ex- absolutely acceptable. Absolutely. 100%. Uh, you know, for an MSG stage, yeah, fine. Uh, it could be. It, it's just choices, I think, for the most part, that that just baffles my mind. So, after elderly, we get down, and I like the transitioning between the two. Um, a fun, tight-sounding version, but really, uh, it, it's kind of not memorable here. It's um, and I'm and. We'll get into the reasons why I just don't think it's memorable, but there, yeah, there's a main reason why Down and a couple of these other songs are just completely forgettable in this quadrant of the set. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Down is, uh, it's what we're going to talk about. It's, I don't think this is the right spot for it in this particular set. I think it sounds fantastic. Uh, I will say that no matter what, because I love Down. Is it too much to ask they do the album version with the, you know, the... I actually like, I like that, yeah. Because um, because this, you know, they always do it where uh, Mike starts off with the with the uh, guitar part and then they all come into it. But I like just the one chord and then the whole band kicks in with, with the progression. They never do that. No, they don't. I, I love um, the, I love it on the album. And it would it would be cool 
transitioning from some things, I think it would sound really, really cool. Uh, yeah. It has to kind of have like that faded end and then kind of almost as if you're finishing the last song, mm-hmm. kind of start that up. Exactly. Exactly. That, that would be a cool way to do it. Um, after down, Ed says that they've got the stage moving again. It's kind of like mushrooms. It feels kind of weird, but you can't wait for it to happen again. And then he introduces the next song, even though he says, Oh, this is on the next album. Uh, he sort of flubs that. Uh, I'm sure a couple people were like, what? For a second. Um, he meant the last album. Meant to, yeah. <laughs> so before anybody there got excited at the time, no, Backspacer was about a year away or so from uh, from being released to the public. Um, and here we get something kind of exciting because we get a song we haven't talked about before. And that's unemployable straight from the avocado album. Um, and I feel like I got a lot to say on it. So why don't we give it the old live on four legs debut, play this puppy and we'll come back and, uh, I'll give my take on it. And, uh, I guess Matt will give his too. Why not? I I definitely have one. Let's hear it first. nothing but really good things to say about the song after about 10 years of it being complete filler on an album uh the song has kind of struck me in a different way in the last couple months and maybe it's just kind of like it's absent from set lists and it's absent from my mind so when you think about it in a certain fashion you see the lyrics and you sort of you kind of a huh moment and uh I feel like this is the most recent song that I've had that kind of moment uh, with. It's um, it's a very 70s structured style song, which kind of, you know, uh, there's, there is a 70s song, it sounds like, and it's been posted before. I don't know the name of it. It's a very obscure song, but it's got that same... And it's, it's really similar to that. Um, but I equate it pretty much to a Bruce song, very early Bruce. That has just kind of got that, like, almost like Born in the USA, born down in a dead man's town. Like, you know, very kind of 
speak speak song kind of uh, vibe to it, right? Um, where the backing is just kind of there. Um, but really, the reason why I want to talk about it is because of the lyrics. Um, I it you know it takes you under somebody that who might be under the lower side of the income spectrum of the lower side of the intellect spectrum and the character you think automatically is like this person that you would never get along with like this guy is from he's from the dumps he's this you know he's this guy he's this loser of a human being he never went to college he uh he probably voted for trump uh, i would never get along with somebody like this he probably is is you know saying i don't i don't want these immigrants taking my job he's probably saying stuff like this that's the image that i'm getting in my mind of this person and i usually i get the sense that those people are too stupid to realize how you know how shitty their life is that they they just they're completely ignorant towards it um because you see on tv like people you know supporters or whatever what have you not to get too political into this but like it feels like they're you know they're not getting all the information from both sides and it feels like why why do you choose to be the stupid it feels like they choose to be the stupid but that's you know that's really pigeonholing the person here and that's why I like this because it kind of it puts emphasis on things uh sorry I was reading another sentence here um I really feel like the song humanizes a person like this a person that has sort of been characterized in my head as a certain way um they've been humanized to have the same kind of problems that you and I might have to deal with, you know, very common um, human emotions like anxiety, depression, um, anger, uh, and not just pass by these things because, you know, the, you know, dealing with losing a job is is you know just go on to the next mill kind of kind of deal. No, it it's you know it feels like they're very the character is being very vulnerable in the song which is uh is interesting because you don't get that vulnerability from that typical character um so really it's it's just opening yourself up to understanding if you may be completely different than somebody personality wise you can go through say the same trials and tribulations of, of life as somebody else you can you know just because somebody doesn't think the same way as you doesn't mean they don't feel the same way as you you they can they can have the same you know problems with anxiety they can have the same problems with depression and, and that's what really stuck with me with the lyrics here but what did you think of this performance uh I, I can see how they don't play it live a lot. It's because it doesn't really stick. Yeah. Yeah. Let, let's get down to this performance because it wasn't great. I didn't think. No, it, look, it, it's it's not it's not a live song that's going to that's going to blow you away. It's just not. No. Um, yeah. And that's that's mainly why I've never really given it a chance because they've never 
given it much of a chance. So why why would I why would I feel as if this were an important song when the band itself doesn't give off that vibe? So I, I never found the song to be filler on the album. I think this song is total filler live because uh, it absolutely doesn't translate, especially here. Uh, they seem bored, uh, no passion, and I felt like I felt like there's okay. The, so it feels like there's a bunch of guys doing a cover, and they all learn their parts, and they're putting this together like a puzzle. But there's no heart and flow when all of these puzzle pieces connect. It just feels like a couple guys up on a stage playing some parts that they learned. It's just not. It's not there. Yeah, and I think that can come, and that that's probably one of the reasons why you don't hear unemployable in you know this. The I'll I'll still call this the lightning bolt era because it's technically what we're in. Maybe you want to call it a stadium show era, sure, but you know this era you're not going to hear unemployable because the band just doesn't have that same passion about it. You know we've we've talked about it before that they can. Uh, and have willingness to develop passion for certain songs that have uh, regained momentum in their set list, like Low Light, which is the one that we talk about all the time. But I, Unemployable, I, I don't see it ever getting to that point. Uh, just, not, it, not, a just, not a chance. Not a chance. No, it just doesn't flow well. And although everything that I said about it is just kind of like it's kind of rediscovering the song uh, after you've heard it for the last 10 years and rediscovering something that you never realized that you liked about it. But it doesn't really mean that it really worked and was special live. So I, yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. It, it, there's, there's a reason why there are certain songs out there. There, there are reasons why they don't do it, whether it being that they just want to save it for, for other times or you know this that it just kind of just doesn't hit the mark yeah uh I, like i said i like the song i i think the court the chorus gives me really great 90s vibe you get a 90s reason. vibe from it i get total 70s vibe uh yeah no the uh, i could see that i could see that in the song but uh the the chorus specifically i get a 90s vibe from okay but live i live i get i get I get nothing from it. Yeah, and that I think this is kind of this was really one of the kickstarters to why this section really didn't work for me. Uh, it's just that there was just a lot of dullness on the plate here. A lot of songs that you know, if you're gonna play this song, play some other things that really work around it. You know, play some things, and we'll we'll get to that. So, uh, I think we spent a lot of time on that. So, why don't we touch upon "Given a Fly"? This is "Given a Fly." Really, in this section that we're kind of focusing on here, is the only one that I really feel like you know the majority of people have a real emotional attachment to. But the way that it's set up, and it's almost set up to fail in between these these two songs. Uh, it just it doesn't bring life into this set that you want it to it it just kind of given a fly is one of those songs i think that sounds better when 
it's played around stuff that sounds really good and and this is this is just really kind of sticking sticking there and not doing much yeah because the song itself was i thought paced very well but it's not complimented by anything and it's not no. complimenting anything there's no there's no direction it's just no. it's songs they're literally there's a difference between putting together a set list and writing songs on a paper and this is writing songs on paper this and just first set is coming off very similar to the encore of last week's episode like what what's your thought process right at least no there is no at least uh no you're you're kind of <laughs> no, right just about what that. what is what is going on <laughs> um all i will say at least night two had a dedication to brian leach during this song that was cool uh that's right you get you get rangers later on yeah you do uh (laughs) that was probably i mean going back then that was probably one of my favorite things about that night two show but um it's just the variety is just not it's not there it's it's just kind of it's putting songs on paper and then playing them and it's not like figuring out the ebbs and flows of of how a set should sound Right. And you're midway through the first one, and it sounds like you really want to you really want this to be kicked in at this point. And right now, with this song at least, I, I feel like this is where you're kind of rock bottom at this set list. And I know you like the song a little more live than I do. Um, and honestly, it was performed fine, but... Uh, Again, this was this was another one that they had the backup singers on. And I'll I'll take oh, it right. to play. Right, yeah. Uh, so they don't do it. They don't really do it too much. They haven't really done it too much. If you look at other songs in, in the set that you know, maybe like uh, I think there was one. There is a song in here. Oh, you know what? It's it, it's unemployable. Unemployable has been played more times than who you are. Would you have ever guessed that? Uh, yeah. Uh, because I, I I do think that who you are was a single though, <laughs> but it's yeah we've talked but also about also avocado had a lot more tour dates than no code did right and we've talked about who you are being a single before and how that that's a little confusing too uh mm-hmm. of I th- course I think uh, unemployable I think maybe they might have more of a connection to and they would like to play it more but. That doesn't mean it sounds as good because it, it 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 doesn't. And yeah, I mean, you get a lot more tour dates, and you know, there's a lot of avocado avocado stuff that they don't play. And unemployable, I could see it making the cut over something like uh, "Who You Are" for sure. Right. Um, yeah. I don't. And, I don't. And again, I, that's I don't agree. I don't agree. But you know, I understand it. That's also going back to '96 too, and that right. very. You know, they were very limited with what they could do with uh, not, you know, not signing up to Ticketmaster venues. Um, so when you go out of 1996 and you start playing shows in 1998 where you have to do Yield and Binaural in 2000, um, who you are is not making the cut. So it did happen to make the cut this night, and we're going to hear it here. Then we'll, uh, we'll pump back on to talk about it. So. Come to I can't stand Transcendent 
gentle consequence is to transcend where we are. Who are we? Who we are? Trample moss on your souls. Shade is Before we really talk about this performance, the backup singers are back. Uh, again, it's just they kind of feel irrelevant here. They're not doing anything really special. Uh, you know, they're not overpowering Ed. They're just kind of there. Uh, I, we've seen comments this past week that some people really liked the backup singers and some people really didn't. Um, it, it was really split 50-50. Uh, I mean, there's no reason not to like them. You could barely notice them. It's, right. it's really it, not it, a big deal. It's not a big deal at all. It's it, it And when it does enhance the song, it does sound kind of good. But I, I feel like they really don't, with who you are, they really don't put much into it. Let's get down to the real reason why this song doesn't work. I'm just, I'm bored to tears by this version being played around the songs that that it's being played around the the last four or three or four going into it just like you didn't build up into this moment to get this kind of song yep um and it it's it's a piss break song to me like there there was never another piss break song because we've seen versions of this song that are tremendous and I think Night 2 was tremendous. I, this, I That was one of my favorite parts about Night 2. Is right. The, the placement here with with what was around it, what was before it. Oh, snoo- snoozer. And and it's it's, you know, it's it's performed okay, but that gets overshadowed because it's it's just so dull here. And even though I'm happy to see it come up when it does, this one was so disappointing listening back to it. I'm sure seeing it there, I I felt differently, but listening back, I I, I don't. I, it's it's not hitting it. And we had mentioned uh, when we were texting about this show was, yeah, they needed a hit here. They yeah. had they should have done a hit, or yeah. or just no, yeah, no, a hit. I'm going to stick uh, with that. No, they, that's exactly what they needed. I was going to save that for like the the catalyst to this whole thing because. It, it involves a hit, but yep. um, they needed, I think, something poppy. Um, they, daughter. Uh, daughter would have worked so much better around this spot. Um, you know, if you went given a fly into daughter, into who you are, I would have said, all right, at least there's a little juice to this. At least there's there's some feeling. Who you are, 
I, I don't even think that would work. I don't think who you are belongs here at all. It's just not working in this set. This set's just not working. Yeah, I, I, I can't say I don't agree with you. If, if, if this has been, I, I, I agree that your no, I, I do agree that your suggested would help, but I don't think it would. I don't think it would fix it as a. No, a it would not. It would not fully fix the problem. There would still be a couple nails sticking out of the board, but um, <laughs> yeah, that you step on and you need a tetanus shot. <laughs> uh. Yeah, I would, I would, I would have totally bailed from who you are too. Um, again, just not really much more of a piss, piss break song than this. Uh, that's that's as low as I can I can go for that. So, um, all right. Really, before we get into the catalyst, we have two more to discuss here. Um, after who you are is whipping. Yes, it needed. Who You Are needed to follow up with something that was energetic, uh, something that was upbeat, something that was, you know, had the crowd going again. Um, but that something just wasn't whipping. Because like we said, it needed a song of note. It needed something notable, something that people have an emotional attachment to. And, and whipping, while there's no... I have no problem with whipping whatsoever. It is just not that song that is this incredible pick you up. It sure it sounded it sounded good and the energy was never the problem. Uh, but man, it's it's just it's just fitting this little stretch of songs that really don't mean much. Yeah, I I disagree slightly. Uh, I, I agree that you need something memorable and emotional or, or just i don't know but listening back whipping is like a, a breath of fresh air at this point because it's so you know down then you're brought down with unemployable then given a fly you brings you back up a bit but it's 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 played and then who you are and you're bet you're way back down again so by the time whipping came up i was like oh thank thank god no, that's I, I'm energy was not the problem with it. The problem with it was just I feel like it needed right notoriety, like something notable needed right, to happen right. here because now you're in the set. Now at this point, what this is song number twelve in the set. You can kind of you can kind of understand where this is going, and you can kind of predict the rest of the way here. Yeah, uh, and. I don't, I don't know. It, it just, it feels like, it feels like you, at this point, you're probably saying to yourself, if you're there, like, this isn't the greatest set in the world. I'll take it, but it's not the greatest set. No. Uh, I, I did think whipping was really great. And this is, uh, uh, Cameron was amazing on this. Yeah. On I this, agree uh, with that. performance, like standout drums were standout on this. Yeah, I, I agree with all of those things. It's just that whipping is not. I can get excited about it live when I hear it, but you, I probably wanted something more that hits closer to the heart. Yeah, something with that energy, um, that like, and I'm trying to give you an example of uh, example for this now. Um, <sighs> What's a really good example of something that 
look, you know, if if you threw in do the evolution, if you threw in Jeremy here, I probably wouldn't have had a problem with it. I, I it's just no notable stuff that I I want to be. I want to be singing at this point. I want to be dancing. I want to, you know, I want to be having a good time. Whipping, whipping is fine, but, you know, are you going to look through the set and, and remember whipping as much? Probably not. So that that's my take on it. And the same take that I have on whipping, I, ha- I have with Half Full, too. Again, the energy is good. It sounds fine. It's It's just not, it's not the right time for it. Right, and I love Half Full, and I thought, I thought it was played great, but it's weird. It's, it's just vanilla. It's it's vanilla. vanilla. It's vanilla. It's absolutely vanilla. It just doesn't, you know. I I like the the best place for Half Full is kind of like right when you're ending a set and you're going into something like a porch or do the evolution or something that you know it, it's kind of a precursor to that. And this is just kind of. Like, again, it feels directionless. It just feels like a bunch of songs just being written on a piece of paper and handed to the band. Here you go. Do yeah, do these. This is this is band practice. Yeah. They, they don't need an order. They just, oh, we haven't, you know, let's practice these. So now are we are we at the point? Oh, of, let's. Uh, here we go. It's, okay. It's t- time to backtrack. Yes. So we're at. The 14th song here, and if you're if you're taking notes at home, you're realizing, hmm, one, two, three, four, five, six, oh, hmm. Usual Pearl Jam sets are have something certain in almost a guarantee in the middle of their set uh, that we didn't get in this spot, and it's so simple. It's so simple that you kind of you kind of just miss the miss the mark with it and it, it it's again it's the most common thing that you can hear in a pearl jam set and leaving even flow to this point at for number 14 was simply the biggest mistake of this set and i will say over and over again i am all for them switching anything up open with even flow if you want to i don't care but my God, if there was one set to be typical in to to play something safe, this was it. Because down is where even flow should be. Even flow yes. is where down should be. Honestly, I think that would help a lot if you if you take because like you said, you want to be dancing, you want to be having fun, you want to be singing along around that vanilla whipping half full part down's rare but you could catch it but it it's a you could dance to it it's so fun and they have so much fun playing it the end of this set needed a song like down and the middle of the set desperately needed a song like even flow yeah and i mean what you're really getting after down are just a bunch of just mid-tempo softer songs and and i don't want to discredit given a fly because given a fly is really the one out of this bunch that you know and for everything that we say about it it is one that that fans do look forward to every single show uh and they enjoy hearing um but given a fly becomes it it loses its luster and it, it loses its meaning 
when not sufficiently uh, uh, surrounded by by better songs or or you know yeah equal songs even flow before unemployable would have I think given given to fly more effect because you're you have this gigantic hit song sing along and then unemployable it's it's newer people people probably like it i mean but it's also kind of it, it's kind of a cool down after even flow you kind of a little bit but it's like which I said, you sort it, of need but yeah but it's still got a good chorus it wasn't played well but it's got a good chorus right and then and then given to fly could could give you more of a of a a single sing-along pick me up again but right so now you have that diversity you yeah, have that diversity, diversity that we thing. were saying now listen, listen I, I i don't like to discredit down because i personally it's one of my favorite songs but i mean what do you think people are going to respond to more they're probably going to respond to to bigger hit songs in a set one rather than a lost dog i mean people really like lost dogs but down is I, one of I, the more I, popular lost dogs yeah, I would yeah say. but i just don't think it's going to compare to even flow in the number eight spot and not for me personally i'm thinking more of just broad like you know the the general population for a madison square garden show right because i think down would have an even flow spot i think it would have killed i think it would have been great i think it it brings it brings life into that spot where where it was before it's kind of beginning to fade life out yeah uh, so to speak. Right. After we get past even flow where it is now, I'm going to, I'm going to present you with another spot for down that I thought would, would be super effective as well. Okay. And that's okay. So again, to kind of recap this whole section that we were really talking about, it was down into unemployable into giving a fly into who you are whipping half full, then even flow. And we're kind of arguing for, for this sake that even flow and down would, would be swapped. It gives, that section it gives given to fly a little bit more meaning it gives whipping maybe a little bit more meaning that you're hearing something kind of rarer in the middle of the set uh you know it, and it doesn't feel like you're playing these kind of meaning i don't want to say meaningless that's such a no, it's not no. the right word to say right but, but you need a charge you need you need yes. even flow to charge this up at the number eight spot and and yeah getting down is really cool and it's rare but I think that's going to have so much more electricity when they're when they're bringing a rarer song like that. That's really fun and and poppy. And Mike is doing his little kind of when he jumps up in the air and he does those mini splits. You know where he just you know what he does. You know how Mike does that. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, his little kicks. Bring that to like the end of a set one. I think I think would have would have it would have benefited so much more. Yeah, and, and you get two songs. You, whipping is just fast and energetic. Half Full is just kind of like steady rock, uh, steady blues rock. And then Down is kind of your sing-along. You go and, and you have at the end here, uh, you know, present tense, daughter, and do the evolution. That's all going to tee you up into that nicely. And, and it's not like even, even Flow does work in front of those three songs. It just... It works better where it should have been. Right. It works better where it, where it would tee up the one, two, three, four, five, five songs b- before, before it. Okay. Are we ready to bring this up? Are we ready to bring up our analogy? 
Oh, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it, it's it's a good one. Yeah, I think we should. It, I, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I like this one. This is uh, if you remember, this is a while back. Uh, we did an analogy about um, plain pizza. Sometimes you're just in in the mood for plain pizza from like the third best pizza place in town. This is sort of this is another food analogy that's sort of in line with that. So this is this is a restaurant analogy. So um, this is like going to a restaurant where. Uh, you you sit down, you order an appetizer, and you order the main course at the same time. And they come out right away and they bring you bread. And, you know, after 10 minutes, you're like, oh, uh, uh, bread was good. Bread, bread tasted really good. Um, and then you're just sort of like, all right, where's my appetizer now? Where's my appetizer now? And then they come back and they're like, oh, would you like a refill on bread? And you're like, no, I want my appetizer. And even flow in this spot, this even flow is the appetizer. Uh, and then, but what really even flow turns into, this is like when the waiter brings you the appetizer two minutes before they bring you the entree. And you have four songs to end the first set here. And that's what it is. It's the, it's the appetizer and the entree being on top of each other. You want to set one to do two things. You want it to give you some really good main course vibes while also kind of having some shared apps for the table. You want cool down spots. You want things you can nibble on. And the bread, it's 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 fresh and it's soft and it's it's warm. And the encores here I think are all great main courses, but you know, bread is still bread and that's that's what this whole set one is. It's just bread. Yeah, they, you. Nobody likes filling up on bread because if it, yeah. if it's on the table, you're gonna fucking eat it, and then once your entree is on the table, you're like, "Fuck, I'm full. I don't. I, I got to take this home in the doggy bag." I... Yeah, like you get incredible performances up front at at Pearl Jam shows. You like you could lead off with a with a uh, lobster tail, you know, and then you get through it, and uh, and then in the middle there, you're like, you know what, I'm gonna feel a little full or maybe i'll switch over to some mozzarella sticks or i'll uh you know get something you know uh something like that you know let's share let's share some potato skins and then as you get going again you know you start getting down to the filet and then and then the encore comes and it's you know it's surf and turf and it's uh prime rib and you get mm-hmm. your, your lamb and then you get a nice little cherry on top and this is just, <laughs> this whole set one is just is just like cheese and crackers the whole time yeah this and is I'm this just is a way this is a waiter fucking up your order yeah you got to keep sending it back yep so uh although we're the, sorry for that but it makes perfect sense to us it does um <laughs> the end the end here finishes strong and i'll kind of tie uh, these last i think it had okay it does but i have okay there's there's something I, that just really all right annoys all right. Me. We'll, we'll go we'll go in order here all right so even flow look uh even flow was a little bit sloppy but it's not unlistenable uh i think ed missed a line in the second verse or something and just kind of was like ah pick it up mccready um and cameron cameron, yeah, serve, yeah, cameron cameron serves it up with some with some sauce on the side he's cameron was awesome in this. saving grace for sure uh that took us into present tense and it's 
I thought present tense worked really well after even flowing this spot late. I like present tense late set. I feel I feel like this is a song that works in a lot of spots. Uh, crowd was great on this one. They're loud. They're reverberating. And uh, once they get past the second chorus, I feel like this is blazing a trail. Um, good moment in the show. Strong moment. I love it. I love it. And you know what? I've never noticed. I was. I'm really kind of embarrassed because I. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I I only think Eddie plays guitar on present tense like half the time, right? Ooh, I don't know. I because I, I thought I've seen him not play on it before, but I've I definitely seen him not play on it. Yeah, but you know what? I didn't early notice? in the set, maybe. Maybe that's true, or or it might have to do with what comes before or after. So you know what? I did notice on this, and then I I had to look. And I looked at MSG 2010. I looked at a couple other shows, I think from like 96, things that had videos. He plays a Stratocaster on this song, not a Telecaster. Hmm. I had never noticed that before. I felt like he's I felt all, like an idiot. Yeah, he's all Telecaster. Yeah, all the time. Strat on present tense, man. That blew me away. Interesting. And I've, I mean, how many times have we listened? How many times have we seen present tense? It's, I guess it's just such a good song and it creates such a moment you don't even notice that. No. And I no. noticed it this time and I was like, ooh, okay. Now that now that you say something, I actually I'm getting the picture in my head of him playing that down na 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 exactly like I'm getting that picture in my head now. So I don't I'll have to go back and I'll have to watch more intently, but Yeah. Hmm. Uh Daughter sounds fine. Again, think would have liked it spaced out uh somewhere in the middle of that set would have worked well after or before who you are it just needed it needed a sing-along somewhere in the middle there and, and daughter would have been that and here it's 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 nice at the end here it it you know it feels like you're finishing pretty strong um uh snippets no tags uh we get snippets hey ho let's vote um and some let's go ranger chants uh which are cheered and booed uh cheered by the garden faithful i'm sure and booed by me the <laughs> islander islander flyer and i don't give a fuck fans yeah so uh i, I feel like the rangers got a lot more love on night two probably uh, Every, everyone gets more love on night two yeah i would say so so uh I wonder if this is the next, if this was what you were going to comment on here. Yeah, Um, dude, I hated this daughter. This tag is way too fucking long. Yeah, Uh, and it kind of leads to nowhere. Dude, it leads to absolutely nowhere. You know what it leads to? It leads to a do the evolution so boring I want to cry. And so this is what I want to bring up. My other option would be daughter down do the evolution um i think maybe yeah it sounds good but i don't know if that if they would think that way i think we would have gotten a much better do the evolution if that was the case because oh man all every the the just the life was sucked out for me and it killed do the evolution yeah and i i could see that i i didn't have look it's long but i'm used to the daughter tag being long it's just something that happens. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, actually, you you said it better. Uh, uh, it's long, but like you said, it it goes nowhere. That's that's the problem. Yeah, 
We're yeah, gonna no, do it long. It, Let's... it just kind of it has the hey 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 hey's, and then it, there's some like chanting. Hey ho, let's vote. Let's go, Rangers. It really doesn't doesn't stick. It, there's no. no there's no WMA because they're gonna play WMA in a couple Spoiler. of uh, <laughs> Yeah, right. Uh, there's no uh, another brick in the wall because who knows why? Uh, there's no it's okay because I don't think that they, they were doing that at the time. Um, and you know, there goes your other options for tags. Like that's. Uh, it was half-assed. Little half-assed, yeah. When you I get agree. this, when you get a snippet along with one of those that I just mentioned, then okay, you can kind of deal with the snippet. But you just got a few little snippets, and it sucked. So, yeah. or it just it maybe didn't suck. It was just kind of it was kind of meh. It was yeah. a bogey. Yeah. Little so. little lifeless, yeah. Uh, do the evolution is dedicated to George Carlin, who died two days before this show. Uh, he does mention George Carlin in the second show too, so that's why it made me wonder uh, how how soon he had he had passed. So this is the, it was pretty fresh. Um, I thought there was nothing outlandish about it. I thought it was an okay way way to end the first set. You obviously thought that daughter had affected it. It, it maybe maybe you know it, it might not. It just. You know, listen to listening to it back and back to back with a a, a a long tag that was very lifeless, and then a pause and a talk, and and then do the evolution to end this set. Uh, it, I felt like I felt like there was way too much momentum lost, and they didn't quite recover it for the song. Yeah, and thankfully, look, the encores here are going to be really good. Um, I'm. I'm a fan. It's not my favorite encores ever, but I, I was impressed by what they what they pulled out here. Yeah. Um, I I I feel like it was the redeeming factor that they could have just went into the encore and they could have just they could have just split up and went home. Um, mm-hmm. But they they brought it back up. I don't know if they realized that maybe that the first set wasn't MSG quality. And they needed to to put some power and some emphasis into the encore, but um, I don't know what it was, but it, it definitely felt better. So let's let's start talking about the encore now. Um, I believe this is a live on four legs debut. This uh, first song to kick kick it off. I think so. Because uh, I, I I feel like you would at least remember if we we had covered it before. Yeah, I, 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 I should too. I remember, I remember this from this night specifically because it it blew me away uh the fifth time they had ever played it and it is a cover of the who's love rain over me Oh, I need to get 
this is a good way for Boom to really get involved in the set, and I feel like we didn't get a lot of Boom involvement in the first part of the set, and there's a lot more in the encores, and uh, this is, uh, we haven't discussed it before, I'm just gonna let, I think you have the memories from this, so I'm just gonna let you, let you talk. Well, you know, uh, I'm a huge Who fan, our our good friend Chris, he he was always a big Who fan as well, he got me into them, I would say what, around 2002 probably I had gotten into the Who, and uh, yeah, it was just like this other side of the whole British invasion type thing. Uh, it, it it wasn't the Beatles. It wasn't like you know this this psychedelic poppy stuff. It were it were it was these four guys that kind of came across as not giving a shit, and they were like, "Our music is going to show you that we don't give a shit." I don't know. The Who always just stuck out to me. I, I I've always I've always thought they were great. And hearing Pearl Jam do Who at Madison Square Garden is is super memorable. Uh, I remember Eddie's voice being absolutely on point with it. I remember the guitars hitting every single note that that Pete is known for. Phenomenal, you know. It was just a really cool moment. And I will say, I, I think it's a, such a cool way to start an encore. Do I think it, it would work really well later on, like maybe to close out an encore? Hundred percent. But when you have this type of passion behind a song. You could you could open up the encore with it too, and you know I love when encores open up with the full band, so this was just uh, absolute home run for me. Yeah, i i kind of I kind of like it opening up an encore, and, yeah. and even going a little further, I kind of like it open up an encore too, because sure you get that whatever is going to happen at the end of your encore one, it's going to be emotional, it's going to be porch it's going to be alive whatever it is and then you come back on core two and you hear this freaking epic 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 song um and it's just so full and powerful and um everybody is just pouring with emotion no matter what if you're singing if you're if you're playing something everybody has like a major emotional attachment to this song in this band um and I, I I love how I I I feel like I've seen it open up a second encore before or be part of a second encore before so that's uh, I definitely think it can work in these spots I've never seen it in the first set it, this is this is special to me they've only yeah. played it twenty five times so this is special we're all familiar with Bob O'Reilly and. That became kind of famous for 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 them to do. A lot of people like it when they do Baba. I like seeing Baba too. It's a nice it's a nice switch up. It's, sometimes it's not that good though. I, I will be honest. Sometimes Baba O'Reilly does not sound great. It's a horsing around song. It could be horsing around. It could be very serious too. They could they they could hit it out of the park. Uh, but this was uh, this is a whole different thing. This is this is very very good. I feel like there it was around this time where uh, I don't think I, I saw Baba in the first eight shows that I saw them. I think it took about nine shows or ten shows before I even saw Baba. Around this time, I I had at least seen Love Rain Over Me once or twice, uh, and I think I've seen the I, I had seen the Real Me once or twice too. Oh, I don't know if I've gotten Real Me. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure you've gotten real me. Yeah, I, they played in Chicago. They played Chicago, right? 
Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll get the stats on that later. Uh, all right. Next up is the last of the backup singer involvement here uh, for the night. And it is a song that doesn't get played on its own. Uh, we've, man, we've made such a big stink about this in the past that we've been hearing it. Tagged on daughter. That's all it's ever good for tagging on daughter and it was 2008 where they really brought it back to life and they changed it up a little bit um you know the style is is not the same style that they played on with uh with dave a back in the day and even back in the day it was more of a tag than it was a real song but um this doesn't happen often so we gotta play it here here is wma this time had only been played in full 12 times uh overall it's been played 17 times in full tag it's probably been played 300 times whatever it is um count how many times daughter's been played and subtract it by you know divide by three <laughs> um i think it was bonnaroo that year that they brought it back um, and it'd been 458 shows that they brought it back. But this is the style of this is just, it's kind of like, it's kind of like, I don't know, like a TV show returning, but let's say, let's say if they decided to bring the office back, the office had this like very, you know, it was the structure or even like say the office after Michael after Michael was on the office, like it kind of changed. It was still the office, but you're just like, well, it's just not the, the same. It's not what I remember it being. I like and, it and still. It I still want on and on. It, it got less and less and less. It's kind of the same with the song. Like the less they play it, the mm -hmm. more it kind of 
separates from itself it's completely, a little bit. Yeah, it, it's completely different, and it's acoustic. It doesn't have that incredible drum intro, and it sounds like Matt is very light on a tom or a bongo or whatever it is, uh, and it's just not the same at all. I, I, I prefer I prefer the OG. I prefer the original version. Definitely. I, I don't think this is terrible because I, I, you know, I think it's performed fine and I like the stat. The pass that I'll give this is because I, I do think it sort of works as an early, early encore, like, opener. Um, that it does. But that that but that doesn't that doesn't make it okay. <laughs> uh, I don't want to say missed opportunity, but it's not the best. It's not the best. It was uh, what did I say four hundred and fifty eight shows. Yeah, something like that. So the they only pl- this was you know one of one of the first times they had played it with Matt. I'm guessing this year, that Bonnaroo show was the first time they had ever played it with Matt. Uh, they played it once with Jack in ninety five, and that was it. Outside of you know tags, which don't really count, but we we didn't did we cover that? Uh, yeah, I think uh, Atlanta '94. I was, was gonna the say only I, time that I we. Th- I thought we did a WMA full song with Jack. I thought we did that. No, no, Jack with Dave. With Dave, sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was with Dave. It was, I think there was another song like a Rats or uh, a Leash or something like that. Possibly. Uh, that's going back to one of the earlier shows that we covered that had Jack on it. Um, that they really kind of gave up during that time. Right. Um, maybe, maybe glorified G or something like that. Um, backup singers on this one. I feel like they're less irrelevant than they were on the other songs. Yeah. Uh, I don't really have any memories of that. It's, you know, they're, they're just kind of going back and forth doing the, Hey, Oh, Hey, Oh, Hey, Oh. And that's just, it's not really part of the song. So, they just had to come up with a new, a new spot for it. I I don't know, <laughs> but it, at least they feel more involved. Yet, oh the the other part was all my uh, human devices set me free. That that part, right? That they're kind of going back and forth on with Eddie, but uh, yeah, um, man, I I I want to I want to watch the first four seasons of The Office. <laughs> that's that's what I want out of this song. So, uh, no pussies tonight. They're playing leash. Uh, the intro, interesting. Um, I think this one is usually on the fourth measure. Ed comes in, but they wait an extra two. Uh, I I feel like I've seen before where they've only done two measures before and then blasted right in it. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, this one did feel a little extended, right? Just a little bit. It's usually kind of like a two and a half minute song and yeah. it kind of was maybe like a four yeah they kind of let it let it breathe there a little bit in the beginning it's a good, it's a good performance sure i thought this was fine uh i don't really have much to say on it and it feels like every time that leash pops up i have this this urging desire to play it because it is kind of rare and it is kind of special in some spots but i don't have that desire today because we just played two, and yeah, th- I mean I, this this I didn't I didn't feel like this was a super standout. It's cool in the encore, but right, yeah, right. It, it, they they were playing it 
a decent amount in at that time. It wasn't, you know, it, it had gone from being this uh, holy grail type song to just being, you know, an important, if not, you know, interesting part of a set. Mm-hmm. So this is good. This is fine. Um, yeah. Sometimes Leash can get sloppy and this didn't. So. Uh, and Ed afterwards says, just realize what a New York song that is. Get out of my fucking face, which is, that's pretty much right on point. Yep. Uh, spin the black circle here afterwards. Um, this is really kind of doing what the first set, uh, failed to do. And it's just hard hitting songs that can go full blast that people are passionate about. No filler, all killer. Uh, the band sounds like they're dead on. And this, this is a good Matt track this one i thought yeah definitely they absolutely saved the best for last here with the encore and uh honestly i think i think that's a big mistake uh, i think they needed to sprinkle in some of this magic in set one and i i yeah no i i couldn't agree with that anymore um you know after after spin uh ed usually when when they play New York shows or any big city shows and they talk about the record stores, Ed's got to bring it up. So then he talks about something, man, I, I don't even know what the hell he's talking about. He's like some, someone showed him a credit card on a piece of cardboard from a retailer that sells their record. And it looked like a hotel key. I'm reading verbatim because I had no idea what he was talking about. He said, I don't understand how you can listen to it on a hotel key. And it sounds like old man yell at cloud here. Uh, is he, he's talking about iPhones or iPods or, uh, I mean, that's the only thing that I could think of is that he was talking about an iPod. I have no clue. I, no idea. Absolutely. And it's no another idea. To, It's another part where he just goes on and on. Yeah. To, to the point where, it's so long-winded that at some point it's kind of like when you listen to the first little part and then kind of fast forward and then you get to the point where he says it's kind of like having sex with a woman or having sex with plastic and you're like where the fuck did this go yeah how did it how did it get to this right it was completely and then he mentions he mentions Denmark and Ross killed like what this is all really disjointed and and not not good this is coming from somebody that has had a little bit much to drink i'm thinking i'm i'm giving him an excuse yeah yeah i don't know i I would assume (laughs) yeah ending the first encore here is the wasted reprise into porch um I do not like this combo. Uh, I don't think it works. We've talked about Wasted Reprise being the lefty specialist and coming in for one batter and then uh, saying, see you later, pulling him from the game to get to to the next more important reliever. And um, Porch is not the song. I, I think I only really like Wasted Reprise going into two songs, and that's Life Wasted and Better Man. Um, Porch did not sound good after this. Uh, and it's riffy porch, but it's not like ultra, ultra riffy porch where they're doing the complete opening. Um, but uh, again, it, it ruined, it ruined porch kind of for me. Yeah. You know, the, the reprise here, but the, I think the only thing it, it served well was that, the transition into riffy porch was pretty good and yeah it was quick it was a quick quick riffy porch uh, got it over 
got it over with. But as a whole, it's not anything you know to write home about, really. Felt plain. A little typical. Uh, I thought porch was porch was good, but uh, I think I think with some stuff on um, set one, there were better options here. But if I'm making that comparison, uh, this this is not as bad as as some of the transitions in set one. So if I have to compare it that way, I'd say that this was fine. I think if this was in any other set or encore, it would be really kind of blah to me. Yeah, keep in mind at the time, Porch was also not being played every single night on tour, um, which it is now. Uh, it was kind of an every other night thing. So, you know, it, it, it sort of, I think, I think in the Porch spot for night two was Rearview Mirror. So, um, those two songs probably would kind of get intertwined, you know, one, one, one night, then the other, the other night in the same or similar spots. But the more that we hear porch, it's, it's like, it really has to impress me to want to talk about it more. It yep. really has to be something extra special. And, and it's not like, you know, the, the band usually ends up crushing it, but I couldn't find that extra special thing that made this porch better. It just, to me, the thing that sounded uh, that stood out was was wasted reprise making it sound worse. Why not just finish the set with life wasted? Right, exactly. Or or just do better man. I know they they did better man the next night, but they could end with better man here. So, uh, all right, we're in the last of the encores here. Uh, Ed says New York, you've done your part and we appreciate it. We have no record to promote. We want to have a good time in the summer in New York. We just probably could do it without you probably couldn't do it without you or no he says probably could do it i don't know this is another one this is another one of those speeches you guys you guys don't need to know verbatim everything that ed says <laughs> um but he does tee up the next song about talking about thomas young uh who um is somebody that he's talked about a lot, a uh, veteran of the Iraq war who uh, was paralyzed. Uh, I've been reading his book because I had, I had from listening to, to one of the shows, he had mentioned that Thomas Young, there was a book written about him. So I, I, I bought, I got it. And um, uh, it's, it's really fascinating. It's just kind of uh, uh, just crazy what he went through and and sort of you know what was going through his mind was not necessarily what i thought would go through the mind of of a uh of somebody in combat because he he had enlisted with the idea of okay we're you know this is after 9 11 i'm feeling patriotic uh let's go to afghanistan and then they end up in iraq and every time he's sort of questioning you know why are we in Iraq? Why why are we doing this? He's sort of you know getting the the brush back like, you know, you're not you're not allowed to say anything like you know just just go out there and and just be a killing machine in Iraq where we tell you to be, and that you know unfortunately like it was like a couple of days into his uh, his tour in Iraq he was uh, there was a really 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 bad. Uh, uh, situation I, I i don't know what to call it but like it it injured and killed uh tons of people and he took a he took a bullet in the spine 
and it paralyzed him from the shoulders down uh, or the neck down and you know his the rest of his life kind of became about you know speaking up about you know how disabled veterans were treated and how you know how uh current um uh people that were serving were treated and it's really it's it's fascinating to read a lot of these stories and yeah you'll you'll see a lot of nods to Pearl Jam because he's a huge Pearl Jam fan and you'll see things like you know Eddie Vedder spent uh spent the night at his house after after a tour and you'll see things like oh he has uh, tour posters all over his house uh you'll see those things but um it's it's a really good read if you're looking for a read like that uh I definitely recommend it so that um led into Eddie playing no more um We've talked about this before. The song itself, it's it's got a good, good, powerful message, but it's just kind of, I don't know. It, it, it's Ed coming out and doing his own thing here is just, I'm not really crazy about it to start an encore. No, no, not super crazy about it, but I will say the crowd is behind him. It's a good performance. Sometimes he'll come out and do something that is so sleepy or that is so... Eddie, get out of your own ass, you know? Mm. This wasn't. This I felt like this was this was really for everybody and everybody responded to it. So rare it gets the pass for me. I I I enjoyed it. Now, what about this being repeated both nights? Because this this would get played okay, night so, two as well. Yeah, that's something like this, a song like this, that's not what you want. That's where it gets a little indulgent, I believe. But um, right, you know, even given the subject matter, I mean, it is super catchy. I, I don't know. This one's a little different for me. I, I don't mind it. I don't mind it. You run the risk okay. too with with going to a night one and a night two. You don't think that they would repeat something like this? That is, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's a little amateur, but you, you but know, it also it speaks it to how he's feeling at the time and and he had mentioned it speaks to the crowd and it, it was successful yeah I, I won't say it wasn't successful um right. and he actually he mentions like meeting thomas young at this point uh and i i think they became really close as the years went on uh, thomas young is has, has passed i believed in i believe in 2013 was the year um but it's uh yeah it it worked but i i think going to both nights i and if ed would have been out with an acoustic guitar night two after going to night one i would have said all right this is another bathroom break for me and without even knowing without even knowing what the song would be right thomas young the british physician died may 10th 1829 yeah that would not be him no, uh, Thomas is spelled T O M A S. It's spelled yes. like Tomas. It's Tomas, yeah. Uh, he died November tenth, two thousand fourteen. Two thousand fourteen. Okay. All right. I, I did. I must not have gotten to that point in the book yet. I got to the point where they talked about how he wanted to uh, to go into hospice care, but mm. um, yeah, it's 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 got some emotions that book. So, uh, Crazy Mary's next though. That's got some emotions. Um, before we get into this version, I want to know what you thought about last week's version. Uh, tremendous, <laughs> tremendous <laughs> version. Yeah, uh, I think we we spent about twenty minutes or so just talking about that and how crazy that was, and now it's 
it's back again the week after and i'm just like man my expectations are really high and i feel like this version was very good there was a really uh there was a really good jam with a lot of magic on it but mm, if you're comparing that's i i i, I shouldn't do that because then i'm just gonna disappoint myself every other time i hear this song because there was nothing bad about this at all there there is magic on it sure um it's a little it's a little less mellowed out jammy but it's more straightforward i would say yeah a little bit more straightforward and this is a big nitpick just a a big nitpick on my part uh i didn't think eddie's vocals were that great on it i thought they were kind of a little you know a little up and down but not enough to ruin the song i I think it was a, a solid performance but we've we've heard better and we heard better last week yeah i i agree um again mike and boom were you know were working really well off each other in this too but it was it was nothing like the magic they had from that philly show so right uh comatose in the middle here uh i feel like the more we hear it the more common it becomes in encore two and uh this is at the point where Eddie doesn't get tired out, which is kind of incredible. So I was I was fine <laughs> with this version. Kind of rare. <laughs> yeah, you needed something speedy after those two. You needed something that was that was sort of a perk perk up. Hey, yeah, you needed this song in set one. You needed yeah. a lot of songs in set one. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Yeah, we can we can kind of we can press shuffle on this playlist and it can give us a better set. Yeah, I think so. Um. All right, after Comatose, uh, Ed kind of mentions some of the musicians that they were fortunate enough to play the stage with, like Ben Harper, Buzzcox, Slater Kinney, and says what an honor it was to play with Ted Leo and the Pharmacists. Um, oh, yeah, God. Such, I, I, thought, I thought... One of the worst opening bands they've ever had. It's been months. I was hoping we'd never hear from, from them again. Yeah, we'll hear from them next month, too. Oh, we, we totally missed them that show, by the way. Yeah. On well, purpose. On purpose. So... Uh, and he says there are problems you can't fix and you can, can't go back in time with a flex capacitor to go fix them uh, the Ramones have never played Madison Square Garden but tonight we have one it's like the 5th or 6th or 7th Ramone CJ Ramone CJ. Uh, who, who's, who is underrated and I think people don't even really know who he is Um, did he, didn't he work for the band wasn't he like a, a guitar tech for the band for a while and then he got fired, but I think he was a guitar tech for Pearl Jam. Oh, that I don't know. That I don't know. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he was. Okay. And then he got fired. So after a while, they'll play, you know, later years. They they were doing that a lot at the time where CJ Ramon would join them. But um, I think in later years, you'll see I Believe in Miracles, and he won't, he won't be on stage with them. And that's when you know uh, that his time with the, the band probably had ended. Yeah, unless you know he might have had projects going on as well. Uh, I had I had heard he was fired. Hmm. I don't know the full story about it. I it was just kind of one of those uh, things that you heard through the grapevine, and uh, I thought I had heard he was fired. So, but he's out. He's out here playing on this one. Um, did it feel like somebody was out of tune at first? Uh, uh I didn't get that. Okay, because I I thought somebody was. Uh, and then I said, well, I guess for a Ramon song, it's probably appropriate. Sure. Uh, 
this was fine. I I got really nothing extended on this. Yeah, I really like it when they do this. I'm a big fan. Yeah, I agreed. There was, you know, uh, sounded good. And this is another. They'll they'll repeat the next night too. So, uh, alive finishes up the second encore. Yes, there there is one to go. Technically, they do leave stage and they play two more after this. Um, I was just watching Stone on this one. This is a an interesting look for Stone. Full beard. And he's kind of like in the middle of like going gray. Uh, but this kind of <laughs> looks like divorced dad Stone phase. Yeah, yeah. He's got a lot of dad uh, phases. Some better than others. <laughs> this is like when dad moved into the basement phase. <laughs> He's at the hotel uh, down the block. Yeah, yeah. Dad, Dad's coming over for dinner on Thursday, kind of. Face. <laughs> uh, this was good. Uh, boom, integrating into the end of the song here makes it feel special. Mm-hmm. A little more jammy ending um, than the usual arena rock sound. Um, but I, I was all for it, like a live like porch like even flow it's it's uh you know when you have things to focus on you you bear down and you focus on them but when you don't they uh they become staples of the set and you just kind of glance a little bit yeah perfectly said all right so encore three we move on to now the incredibly rare encore three uh before getting into it, Ed, thanks everybody from people in the back, right field, left field, infield, and then says, I'd like to thank God, who I don't believe in, for giving me this award, uh, not kicking us out just yet. And that goes into all along the Watchtower. We've covered it pretty recently, so we don't really need have have the, a reason to play it. Uh, it's really incredibly bass-heavy, I said, though. Um, did you... Did you get that feel from it like a lot of bass in this yeah there's a lot of bass in it uh i was gonna say it's uh there's not really anything um spectacular going on that we need to really spend too much time on it because i do feel like it's been coming up a lot for us yeah. recently uh yet i feel like I, I, yeah this is probably the last time i i saw it so uh but it's feels super super fresh so yeah i don't i don't mind moving past it but uh, at least it was you know at least when they do it it's it's good it always sounds good it's just not my it's not my favorite to hear because it's just not one of my favorite songs no and and i don't think we have to worry about really i think we're just kind of in that like little crazy window where we just happened you know it was happenstance that we caught it three or four times in the last Mm. month or so because uh this is only this is only the seventh time they played it uh in 14 times total so it's not we're not going to hear it too many more times and too many more shows. And I'm not going to go out and seek those shows because they've played Watchtower to, you know, go and cover them. Yeah. So, it's, it's not, it's not that interesting. No, it's, it's fine. It's fine for what it is. And, you know, at mm-hmm. the time, uh, Obama had nabbed the, uh, democratic candidacy at the, that point, And, uh, at the two writers were approaching part, he exclaims, Obama was approaching. So I think that kind of got the crowd excited a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was that was pretty much everything else is pretty much the same version of the song. Uh, and now we get to close it out. 
uh, with Indifference, we've we've kind of kept away from playing a lot of these encore songs because we've either touched up upon them the last little while or heard them or there wasn't anything too spectacular about them. But uh, since we haven't really played Indifference for a while, uh, and Indifference in Madison Square Garden just feels it feels important, so uh, why don't we just do it? I'm like a mess this morning So I won't be alone Oh, I'll just feel like silent Soon that will be gone Oh, I will stand I'm so stressed Pretend I'm free to roam Oh, I will This uh, this definitely felt like more of an indifferent show than it did a Ledbetter show. Um, kind of disjointed, needed a calming end to it. Um, the coolest thing is, if you watch the video, it does seem like Mike is uh, recording some of this from the stage. Uh, that's kind of, that was kind of cool. So, and then good participation from the crowd. Yeah, personal archive. It's probably really cool to go back and watch. You know, after a couple of years. Yeah, it probably like wonder, a, like what. I'm saying, like, it, even for him, it probably never gets old. Well, I wonder where, where are they going to find a television with the red, white, and yellow cables? Because <laughs> I don't think yeah. that I don't think that camcorder is going to work in most uh, HD TVs you see nowadays. Yeah, you know, you have to go to uh, go down to uh, Costco and they'll convert it to DVD for you. Ah, uh, yeah, I remember <laughs> you mentioning that. Yeah. Uh, Good version, though. Anything else on on the last one? You know, no. It, it was great, and I, I know I, I, you know, they like to turn the lights on, which which is really fun for things like Alive and for uh, Watchtower. But there's something about having the house lights on for indifference. I need. Do you that think light. it ruins the mood, or? I don't think you could ruin the mood. It's such a great song, but I think it would help it if it was like. You know, like the pitch black indifference, you know, it's, that's, uh, it's just chilling, you know? <laughs> right. That's the way that it's I haunting. see it. It's haunting. Is the difference between an indifference that, you know, is a sing-along and in, an indifference that is, you know, supposed to, to spook your soul. Um, rating the show now. Uh, we barely talked about your experience being at the show, and I think that 
like like you said, you remember a lot more from the next night. Uh, but was there anything else that really stood out to you from your your recollection? Well, definitely the ender. Definitely indifference. Definitely love rain over me was great. Uh, I was probably very much into comatose and save you at the time. So yeah, I mean, I'm sure at the time it was great. Looking back on on it, having seen them a few more times now, it's it's not wonderful, but you know, happy to be there. I think it was the last time I was able to do both nights at MSG. I always have something going on during one of the nights. So I only go to, I, I usually do night twos now, but so that was cool. You know, that, that was cool too. I was trying to remember, I'm, I'm like 90% sure that Steve and I had seats on the floor, but like way, way in the back. Cause it, you know, at MSG, there's no, for Pearl Jam, at least they, they usually don't do GA for, for Pearl Jam at MSG. No. There, there's seats. No, so it's usually seats. I, I'm pretty sure we were on the floor, but back which was fine because in two in 2010 we were way way front uh i yeah. do i remember exactly where we sat though night two i remember that yeah it was like Upper, it was stone, like side, stone side but yeah, yeah uh, i have First my section stump up. somewhere yeah and then i remember i think i think for that one steve was directly across from us like same section mike side right yeah i i I don't, I don't even remember who Steve was with. I feel like we never even caught up with Steve at that show. Yeah, I, we didn't. I don't. He uh, he had the tickets for night one that I went with. And then night two, I think he went with someone. Someone else had tickets for that one that he went with or something. Yeah, no, the ticket situation that we had was really messed up because I had tickets that I had bought and that were worse than the tickets that where we sat. I think those were your tickets because I had sold a pair. I don't remember. I don't yeah. Remember that. I had sold a pair to, to somebody off of Craigslist. Oh, good old Craigslist. Yeah. That was a little less sketchy at the time. Oh, was that? Yeah. Was that when you, that was when you were kidnapped for a week, right? And we couldn't find you. He <laughs> held you in his basement for a little while. And then they yep, found that was you. it. Yeah. Yep. That was it. Turns out he didn't even like Pearl Jam. No. What do you what do you rate this? I, I didn't want to think about rating it until we were completely done talking about it. It wasn't my first show, it wasn't my last show. So I'm not going to let that factor in. Like, you know, everyone loves the experience, which is great. And sometimes it could really change your mind about a show. Uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do that though, because I'm sure I had a great time. Uh compared to night two and then listening back to it that this 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 wasn't good this uh this encore is the saving grace and uh we only mentioned it once or twice the band was very very good the band was fine i had nothing yeah yeah no problem nothing bad uh but it was nothing spectacular either and they needed something spectacular in the first set no they needed something just a little bit better it it didn't even have to be spectacular just something else so um, I'm going to give it a generous six because, it, you know, if, if you flub a, a, an entire first set like that, construction-wise, that's that's big. That's real big. You can mess up an encore. It's an encore. It, you know, encores could go any which way. Uh, but a, a, a main first set, that's kind of uh, inexcusable and unforgivable in my book. 
Yeah, I I agree. It really that first set's supposed to set a tone for the night, and everything else is supposed to kind of just be uh, extra dessert or a really good entree. And um, man, we made a lot of food references, and I'm very impatient when I go to restaurants. So um, <laughs> I was very I was I was impatient. I was impatient waiting for even flow. That's just just how it how it was, and um, I really was not impressed by it uh i i don't know uh i think a six is fair because it wasn't a terrible show uh so we both give sixes so i think i you know what i think that's pretty fair for what we just heard so um you know like we said it's definitely in the bottom five of the 10 msg shows uh it doesn't have that like one redeeming moment that you're like that was that completed my night. Um, so it honestly it wasn't wasn't crazy. And you know what? Um, I incited a riot on the message boards. Oh uh, boy! I tend to do that sometimes. It's my fault. I suck. Fuck me, everybody. Um, so when I got response from this. Uh, Here's kind of what happened, um, you know, asking for people their stories. The first comment came from McGruff, Scruff McGruff. Uh, oh, Scruff McGruff. Yeah, yeah, the, the, the dog actually commented. Oh, boy. Uh, said the 2008 MSG shows are probably the worst MSG shows in the band's history. I've been to every one. Shows were okay. Nothing special 11 years later. And then the Bible Einstein, or the Bible Stein, uh, comes back and he says, "No, they weren't. I was there and they were great. You must have been at a different show all night. Who you are? Release were all highlights. First of all, release was night two, and I had said that. Um, you, you, you gotta. I I know it's very tough when I post for some of these MSG shows and there are two nights to to focus on just one. But um, <coughs> if they're po- if they're posting about night two, that means night one." wasn't necessarily that memorable so maybe put it that way maybe <laughs> that's fair uh there's a comment and there's a response to that saying yeah i was i was at both of those shows and they were fantastic uh i saw both shows this is on two legs says i saw both shows and i agree with mike uh mike was probably the one complaining they were the weakest of the msg shows and no bueno on all night the backup singers were a miss uh, and then response is saying the backup singers were terrible. Then a response saying they were not a miss. Your negative comments are a miss. And then said this, the worst word on the freaking planet. He said the word bazinga. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I, like what? You know, I, I like. I like intelligent discussion and, and like this, this was not, this was not the greatest thread that we've ever had, you know, no offense to everybody that, that, that joins in. Cause I appreciate everybody's input, but, um, there was a lot of, there was a lot of childish, childish talk here. Yeah. Um, Copper Tom, who I've seen comment before said the 2008 shows suck. Definitely the worst of the MSG shows. I was at night two. It's in the bottom of five attendant. Hey, night two was good. Uh, night two was good. I think night one is def- definitely holds that spot. And then we got a response from somebody else that said, notice I didn't say the shows were bad. Just said the weakest, 
they were just the weakest of all the shows like some others here i've been fortunate to see every msg show they played so i'm at least being basing it off an actual experience i'm cool with it if you like the backup singers just not my thing personally uh is there anything else interesting to say uh oh god yeah, vanilla is used here, and then somebody mentions the merch. Uh, there's another comment I was trying to look for, and it was on Facebook, and I couldn't find it. Um, it was about the merch uh, and the posters being a real pain in the ass. Uh, and I, you know, apparently it was really tough to get a poster that night, which was kind of the story about the other MSG shows, if I remember correctly, too. If, if you have a comment for us, try not to comment on Facebook. Try, try to just always try to email us because that's anytime anybody emails us, that is a guaranteed you are going to make the show with your story or your comment in the email. I was just looking for something on Facebook and I swore I knew where it was. Apparently it wasn't there. I don't know what happened, but um, yeah, so just... Uh, if, if you really feel like you have something poignant to say, I always add the email address on every every time that I, I ask people for their input on these shows and for their recollection. Just send us an email. It's easier. Even if it's one or two sentences, just be like, hey, I saw it. It was good. Hey, I saw it. It was bad. At this point, like everything helps. So, um, And now I'm going to direct you to a voice recording of myself saying all that for longer than I just did. Set to music. Live on Four Legs is happy to present a weekly podcast dedicated to the Pearl Jam Live experience. While we try to get ourselves to as many shows as possible, we have only attended a small fraction compared to the entire live history. That's why we need your help. We want to get to know who you are. If there's a live show that you've attended that you'd like to see us cover in our program, please send us an email at liveonfourlegs, that's the number four, liveonfourlegspodcast at gmail.com. We want to know your entire live experience. Did you once miss a flight? Get lucky in the 10 Club Lottery? Catch a white whale? Your stories will help us mold this into the best podcast it could possibly be. You're already getting to know who we are. Now it's time for us to know who you are. So I'll make mention of this again. Uh, I made mention of this early in the show. We're doing a little contest right now for all you guys listening, all you fans out there who uh, have a show that, you know, maybe you've requested before, maybe you haven't requested something and, and you want to reach out to us. We are giving people the opportunity to chime in and uh and request a show and we're going to cover it here on the pro on the podcast in june we have a date set up for it and uh we're going to set up the deadline to be monday if you get us an email by monday just a couple couple words a paragraph or so just uh why this was your favorite show why you think we should cover it some highlights and uh we'll add it to the the ever-growing list of of shows that we have and then one lucky person will on the next episode i will announce we will announce we'll do it as a team uh although i'm i'm sure i'll be the one picking out of a hat but you'll you'll yeah you'll have everything written down you'll say you'll say congratulations yes so uh yeah uh we will pick the winner next week's show 
to you know and you can either you know just enjoy that uh we're going to cover a show uh that that means a lot to you or uh you can come and join us on the show we're that's going to be a one-time thing that we're going to do. We're not going to do that very often. Uh, you know, if you happen to not win this contest and you still want to join the show, the best way to do it is through Patreon to subscribe to Patreon. But we've uh, we're still trying to to get you exclusive stuff to Patreon. We have two episodes up there now that aren't going to be posted anywhere else. They aren't going to be on iTunes. They're not going to be on Spotify. They're not even going to be on YouTube. We're not even going to tell people on Facebook that they exist. Actually, yes, they will. (coughs) We'll know that we'll tell people on Facebook they exist, but um, we still have to get you the Easy Street Records one that's about two months in the waiting, but yes, we have plans to do other stuff for Patreon uh, and you subscribe over there you get a chance to come on the show uh we give multiple chances to come on the show john has been on twice patrick has been on twice um recently i think uh a couple of the our other patrons uh, patrons have asked us to to join the show again and uh it'll be a little while before we'll get to that point but yes they will definitely uh be on our show again uh and yeah it's just kind of this ever-growing community and uh we love you guys and we thank you for for joining with us and being passionate about listening to us so uh with that being said um teeing up next week's show next week is patreon episode so next week we are going to have eddie quintana join the show and we are going to cover tampa you got it. Pretty pretty recent show. Um, outside of the 2018 shows that we did, I don't think we've done one that... Re- I don't think we've done anything from the 2016 tour that they did. So uh, that'll, be, that'll be interesting. I think there's going to be some LO4L debuts on that. Cool. Some Lost Dogs, I believe. Uh, and I think we're going to get like the third week in a row of Hard to Imagine. That... Hmm. Again, that is hard to imagine. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, stick around. Next week is going to be Tampa 2016, and then you're going to take the week off. I'm going to go find another co-host, and oh, we're going to do something. Yeah, I'm, I'm already I'm already dreading that week. It's going to be, gonna <laughs> well, be a tough one. We'll try to get the episode recorded earlier. Uh, co-host still TBA. Way, like, I'll put it this way. I have I think I have, I have six gigs in four days, so let's uh, – Oh. That is hell, hell week on wheels. I just fell asleep a little bit thinking about it. <laughs> two weddings um, in one, two weddings in one day. It's, uh, oof. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Oof. With that, anything else to say? Um, I don't think so. Uh, I'm looking forward to 2008 night two i'll put it that way <laughs> yeah that's gonna be a really good show that might that might uh like elicit some emotions uh from yours truly you don't have emotions so, so here and there here and there <laughs> but it, it, it won't like it won't go past a certain point you'll you'll say i like this i really like I, this i gotta i gotta keep i gotta keep it in check I, yeah i can't I can't fold under the pressure here. There's no pressure. Nobody's pressure. <laughs> no pressure at all. So that'll be in a month. 
we'll get to all that. We'll get to everything that we just mentioned. We we just teed up the next few weeks. That's that's uh, lucky you guys. Even though some of it is undetermined at this point, uh, uh, there's your next couple weeks for the show. So I think we can say goodbye because this is the end. We're here, but not for much longer. And although we may be parting ways, I miss you already, and I miss you always. For Andy and Matt and our fifth installment of the Madison Square Garden series, we say goodbye to this chapter and see you next week. Bye. Bye.